uh, emails are coming in that as a result of things that are opening and the world is opening again and people are leaving their quarantines and their seclusions then what precautions to take? And always a reminder for myself that nothing has changed for Allah that the world didn't become something holy and Allah's happy with them now. This is just a test and these tests are going to be coming in waves that for the believer to disarm themselves and think everything is over then wouldn't be the wisest thing for them to do. Means that keep our protection, keep our ta'weez, keep our practices, keep the wudu, keep all of the energy understandings as a protection and a precaution against all these difficulties. All these emails that are coming in about this happening, that happening, the house is in difficulty, we're feeling energies, we're, all of these it goes back to the basis of the tariqah is in one having all of your spiritual protection that you have to have the ta'weez and put this ta'weez upon ourselves. We have to have the ta'weez for the rooms and for the homes, for the cars put upon the children. Once we've protected these things with these spiritual barakahs and blessings then our spiritual practices is then to keep the meditation, keep the tafakkur, asking for the madad of the shaykhs to be dressed by that reality, blessed by that reality. Means not letting the guard to drop thinking everything is over. These are just cycles of Allah's rahmah for if Allah was to turn the intensity just imagine how difficult of an oppression that would be upon humanity that if everything just collapsed at once. So it goes in phases as a rahmah, give you a little bit of time to breathe and then it begin again in oceans of difficulties and testings and crushing. But for the believer it's a constant state of alertness, they keep themselves with their ta'weez, with their practices, with all that they've been trained and they continue towards the good days and then waiting again the days of difficulty when difficulty us, bless us and protect us from all of this difficulty inshaAllah. Mm. As Salaamu Alaikum Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam wa I'm not picking up on my headphone. Testing, one, two, three. I thought it was in the headphone the whole time. Can you hear Sayyidi? Yeah, one sec. Hello? Testing, testing. Testing, testing. <laughs> Did it go through? Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> Let's see why it didn't. I thought it was on my headphone the whole time. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Sayyidi, is the ego based on all the fear, emotion we experience since childhood is what's stopping us to raise our consciousness and is meditation a way to overcome this? <clears throat> is the ego, let's do that again, that's a long question. Sayyidi, is the ego based on all the fear, emotion we experience since childhood is what's Is the ego based on fear and emotions that we've learned through childhood? 
and is what and, and is what stopping us to raise our consciousness and is meditation a way to overcome this the nafs is a creature that created from uh, jahannam and his companion is shaitan his familiarity is with shaitan and this nafs is put within insan. So human is like a bus, his physicality is merely a vehicle and Allah placed within that vehicle a couple of passengers <laughs> and then said, go on your journey and <laughs> let's see who, who wins this drive and this journey of yours. So you have somebody, one passenger in the front, two passengers in the back and they start going for it. So it's like a knockdown and punching battle inside the car. And that's basically the analogy of this reality. But because the two of them become partners, they get together and they throw the soul. So when you're born, your soul is actually driving the vehicle. And Allah placed within it the shaitan and the nafs. So as soon as the, the child becomes of an age, they say about naughty twos, the terrible two because its nafs is now growing. So that passenger in the back is now partnering with shaitan and conditioning and, and desires and, and what the environment is being impacted upon that child, those two in the back are becoming stronger. So as a result they begin to bother the soul and that's when you see the screaming, the yelling, the naughtiness, they don't listen anymore. They're, you, you can see the character has changed. Now fast forward to 15, 16, 20, 25, those two have become very strong. The nafs that comes from a, a fiery source and his natural partner and friend is shaitan. So they team together and become shariq. The two of them are after the soul and by that age usually they've taken the soul, thrown him into the back, tied him up like he's a hostage and they're driving the car completely. And that's why you see then from teenage years all the way up all the bad choices that are being made. And home with strong Islamic practices is a constant battleground into that car. It's a constant putting in all sorts of medicines and all sorts of barakahs and blessings that weaken that nafs and weaken that shaitan so that at least the soul has some control in this relationship. And that becomes all the barakah and all the blessings in life. So Imagine then the families that have raised their families with tariqahs that they even now put taweezes onto the body. So that's like a taweez onto the car, that's a protection onto the car. So that those two that are becoming shariq are weakened. So the soul of that person has a fighting chance that their nafs is not so fiery because of all the conditioning and practices of their life and that their shaitan is not so fiery and strong. 
because they ate right, they drank right, they did their practices, they did their zikrs and the fire of that shaitan has been weakened so that they have now at least a fighting chance until they can become 18, 19 where they choose from their reality to have a life towards these blessed practices and their belief until their belief becomes so strong that their soul is empowered and begin to beat the two. They beat down their, their nafs because they participate in their Ramadan, their practices, their salawats, the zikrs, the salah, all of those and at the same time they're beating down the shaitan and the fire and the desires of the shaitan. At least then now they're pushing those bad desires and bad characteristics down. When they become older and inspired towards these teachings and these understandings, Allah then inspire them, go with these people who know how to fight these two. They know how to fight the ego and they know how to deal with shaitan. And that's why then as soon as you come into the turuqs and into the tariqah, they give you your awrads, your zikrs, put your taweez, put the taweez in the house. These are all heavenly armament and heavenly fighting tools. So anybody who watches like the war movies and fighting movies, you have to have the right equipment. Otherwise you're, you're coming to the battle not prepared. So we need heavenly equipment, not physical dunya equipment. People who you know working and working and making their physicality so super strong and so super… this is a… that's not the, the necessary preparedness. The preparedness is of the heart, the soul and light that they take the, the tools from the heavens, they put their taweez, they put the taweez upon the houses, they do their zikrs, they do their awrads. Then the shaykhs begin to teach them, make your connection so that you have a much greater chance against your, your bad character. So as soon as they sit for tafakkur, then imagine now that car that we described where the two shaitan, the shaitan and the nafs is in the front and the soul is in the back struggling to take control of their life. For if you're driving you would be taking control of your life. So many times you see your dream in which you're not driving or you're struggling to drive a car because you're struggling for submission. You're trying to get from the soul from the back seat to be the driver and throw the two bad ones in the back in which you're driving the body and you're going into the destination that Allah wants. With the muraqabah and with the practices that's the heavenly energy. So as soon as the soul is sitting in the back and learning how to meditate, 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 contemplate, what happens? The fires and the madad of the shaykhs are coming. As soon as that energy comes that soul becomes very powerful because the madad means that you're asking for the energies of the shaykhs to come. So now it's not you anymore against two, it's you, your shaykhs and the shajara and the chain of the Nashbandi shaykhs are all in the back now. So immediately they come and they take those two energies and throw them into the back. And they control the front and they control the guidance and they control the, the direction of where that car is supposed to be headed. So it has an immense illuminating effect when they do the madad and keep the madad, these energies come to the soul 
you're not alone trying to find sh fight shaitan in your nafs because the shaykhs are all coming, the madad of the shaykhs are coming, all the sahabi are coming, all ahlul bayt are coming. If they're all coming means then the presence and the tajalli of Sayyidina Muhammad is nazar is supporting and raising that student. So it has immense, immense effect against this battle. And that's why the battle is won against 700,000 just to come against your bad character. But with the madad we stand a, a chance because the madad then is infinite and the power of these awliya, the power of these saints, the power of the sahabi, the power of Ahlul Bayt is something that can't be imagined. If they lend their, their support and their blessings then alhamdulillah this is Allah's fayas and, and support coming to the believer. When Allah describes that when my, my Nasrullah, my support comes, what are people expecting? That Allah personally is going to send lightning into their hand and, and, and kill them with one shot? They would die. So when Allah wants to send support and Nasrullah, He sends those whom He's already supported. Why to do it directly? That's uh, an arrogant way of thinking. As Allah says, I'll send those whom I've already supported and for years to have trained them, raised them, given them these energies. If they come towards you then that is Allah's Divine support that begin to support the student and uplift them from difficulty towards ease, from badness towards goodness inshaAllah and towards the presence of Sayyidina Muhammad inshaAllah. As Salaamu Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam Rahmatullah. Since we are still wearing masks due to the pandemic, are we breathing in negative energy when we're exhaling? Since we're still wearing masks because of the pandemic, are we breathing in the negative energy when we exhale? Yes, that was the, the realities that were taught in, in the physiology of our breathing and our reality. That the, the, the self that is contained with bad energy and negative energy, every time we exhale we are pushing out the negative energy and when we consciously breathe we're breathing in all the positive energy. So nafas al-rahmah is that Allah's mercy and rahmah to com continuously dress us. So as we breathe in this energy is coming and that the whole physiology of that energy how it dresses the heart, how the heart and the lungs are, are, are being blessed by it then the blood goes to the heart, the heart stamps it, then that blood it goes energized to all the organs. That's how the Allah created us to harness the breath and the power of the breath. But because we're following the people of this medicine understanding, this is their guidelines that cover your mouth and cover all of these things. So as a result you have to listen to those who are in authority. But that negative energy has to leave the body. So when they're breathing with that mask then they are inhaling the negative energy and the inability of the negative energy to leave insan. As a result they breathe back all their bad characteristics. Considering this is a satanic empire there's a motive in why they do what they have to do and why they tell people to do these things. 
And you know they plan and Allah plans better. So what, there's nothing that can be done but at least to understand it. So when the person is at home then they can practice and do their breathing practices then Allah to push out all the negativity at that time for their practices and to bring in even more energy when they're doing their spiritual practices to compensate for the times that they had to wear their mask at work or in their environment inshaAllah. As Alaikum Sayyidi Walaykum As Alaikum When we get the books can we get permission for distributing it by making copies as many cannot afford to purchase them? Yeah, yeah I think we, we probably have to go over that because those are copywritten. So by just saying that on the internet then anybody thinks they can copy the books and, and begin just to send out the photocopies here and there. So it can't be done, the, the content is copywritten and there's a considerable cost in producing all of these. And this money that being raised is for the society and, and the foundation. So alhamdulillah on an individual basis if they're in certain areas then with the permission a certain amount of items can be photocopied and under strict control of where they're being photocopied and where they're being distributed inshaAllah. But the better thing is for those whom have and have what Allah has given to them buy copies and then give them out as gifts for people so that the, those that information can be given at the same time the charity is raising the funds that they need to raise inshaAllah. But if there's an area that's completely sort of has nothing of resources then email the help me at nurmuhammad.com inshaAllah and they put together something as far as where and, and very controlled but you cannot put something on the internet saying everybody has the permission to break the photocopy rules or the, the copyright rules. As Alaikum Sayyidi what should we say or manage our mind when it thinks like that I am good actionable person than them or him? What should we say or manage our mind? Or manage in our mind when we think we are better than other people? Yeah. Keep telling yourself that we're not. That, that when we go around thinking that we're better than other people and there's sometimes people can talk a certain way as a part of a conversation but in their heart of heart if they continuously think that they are better than everyone around them then that's a, a, the seed of arrogance that's growing. So that has to be in our meditation that when we're connecting and asking that the shaykhs to send their fires, send the slide, Ya Rabbi take away arrogance from me, take away my bad characteristics and to make me to be humble. And the medicine for humility is to be of service. So anytime we go out and we serve and we try to be of service, it's a medi medicine against pride. You go somewhere and they say, well help and clean and the person says, clean? Are you talking about clean? I would never clean because these are sicknesses within people. And the remedy is always the tariqah comes to teach us that if, if you feel that you have a pride and arrogance then go to the center and clean it. Go to the masjid and clean it. 
go to and be of service to the organization, to people, to, to feed people. And all of these are a medicine against uh, arrogance in which Allah will send a support again to the bad characteristic to bring the fire of that bad characteristic down and make the servant to be more humble. And that's the teaching from the shaykh and the shaykh's life, all their life is of service. Everywhere they go is, is of service and everything they do is of service. That they, they expect nothing from anyone, all they're asking is that Allah to be pleased with them, Sayyidina Muhammad to be pleased with them and awliyaullah to be pleased with them. As a result of Allah being pleased, Allah may send many people and inspire many people to support them. And that's how the system is worked, that their life is in Allah's hands. They, they try to live a life of service and if Allah is happy, Allah inspire His creation to be with them, support those charities, be active with them, listen to them, to, to be with them. So Allah brings the people of a like-minded heart together. When Allah wants that heart of that servant to be around those people, Allah is the one who brings the magnet of the juzbah together inshaAllah so that they complete the cycle of this reality inshaAllah. Um, as Salaamu Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam wa Rahmatullah Apart from hijama or cupping, are there certain foods that can help purify the blood and iron within the body? Aside from hijama and cupping, are there foods that can purify the blood? The reality of hijama because Prophet brought that for us, comparable to it. Each to its level that the food we eat has a direct effect on the blood. So if the focus of the purity of the blood then what we eat has a direct effect onto the blood. The cleanliness of what we eat, the ability of the du'a to be accepted so that when the shaykh is making du'a all the sustenance is to be cleaned and to be purified. Then for the, the servant to eat a life of purity to make sure who made it, how it was made, all of that because to gain the purity of their blood, what they drink. Is, is the importance towards their blood and then the blood itself on, on how their blood is functioning with their zikr, with their breath, with their meditation. All of those have a direct effect on the blood, right? So then when they breathe and they have their meditation practices where they set aside just for breathing, where they're making their connection and then they begin to breathe and feel the energy coming and heating their chest. 
Well those energies that are coming onto the lungs and the power that the lungs become activated and put onto the blood cell and the blood cell is going into a heart that is now deep with zikr, deep with love of Prophet deep with love of awliyaullah, their heart is like a fire, right? So it's like an incinerator. Anything coming into that heart, the zikr of that heart is burning away all impurities and perfecting them, those servants become very heated. Soon as they practice, breathe or come around certain people, they're immediately activated. So that's a whole part of their eating, drinking, their breathing and meditation is all to activate and begin to purify all their blood. Then the actual hijama itself is that the dirty blood has to be taken out, so there's no, there's no bypassing the dirty blood taken out. So before warfare, fighting, working in the field, cutting yourself was uh, prevalent. If you didn't have battle you cut yourself trying to cut your wood for, for winter or hunt for your food. But because now mankind is sitting behind a desk they're not even getting cut anymore. So the hijama is most necessary in, in these times to take blood out of the body. For the female she has her cycle, so she's not in that necessity as a man is. And that's why the bad characteristic of men becomes so prevalent in these days because they're not taking the, the dirty blood cycle out of the body and then all of this sort of negativity is exasperating and just sort of multiplying. But Allah gave for women their cycle as a means in which to pull the, the, the dirty blood out and to purify their system. So they're not in need to go around looking for hijama. It's the men who require the hijama with the blood to come out. Not the hijama that just pulls the pressure up onto the skin, it is the requirement that the three scratches and that the blood to be extracted from those pores. But very, very thin scratches like a cat scratching, it's enough for the body to act as a filter that pulls this dirtiness out and then that is thrown away. So each of them is a, is a portion or a piece of a bigger puzzle. It's not that again like the awrad, somebody call and say, can I take out Surah Al-Ikhlas because I don't have it memorized for example or… and then recite this. It's not that you can exchange things. Whatever Prophet brought it's, it is at its highest reality. Whatever awliyaullah brought from the heart of Sayyidina Muhammad is finished, we have to accomplish that. We don't try to find you know some piece and take one piece out that they brought. Imagine the Sultan of all awliya spent five years seclusion, another five, five years, another five years seclusion, all these hikmah and wisdoms that given to them and can I take this one thing out and put this in? It's impossible that whatever they brought is of such a caliber of reality, it's our duty to completely follow it, not to modify it or change it. So it has an immense wisdom until that wisdom becomes known to somebody, it's their best deal is to fulfill it to the best of their ability inshaAllah. That's why I said the taweezes that they brought, these are immense, immense barakas, immense blessings. So all these emails that are coming, my kid like this, my child is like this, the house like this, this like this, then the first 
thing that Naqshbandiya needs are the taweezes. So that they have the taweez, they have them on their personality, they have them in the room, they have them in the houses, they have them on the car, everywhere because everything is coming under attack for the believer. The zulumat and oppression comes from every direction. Even when it's not meant for you it can become like a ricochet and hit some somebody, it was meant for somebody else and it came to you. So our life is continuous about our protection and, and keeping our protection and keeping this reality, inshaAllah. <clears throat> As Salaamu dear Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam How does one know their heart is opening? What if someone sees Shaykh Nazim in a spiritual state in their home? Can this be imagination or real? How does somebody know that their heart is opening and if they see Shaykh Nazim in their home, is, is this imaginary or is this real? Again this way is, is, is not a philosophy so it's very real. As soon as they begin their practices, do their meditation, do all of these practices, they have to know that it's, it's very real. And the heart opens from the minute you stepped into the class. So the, the heart is there, it's attending the zikrs, it has the love for Sayyidina Muhammad that is the opening. If you sit and do the meditation, do the tafakkur, do the awrads, participate, and, and be active with the tariqah, your heart is open. So it's just a matter of istiqam and firmness that you continue and you continue your path not asking to experience anything. Don't set up something in your mind of wanting to, I want this to happen because now you're going to cause a problem with Allah. As soon as you, you make a condition Allah is going to keep you very far away from that condition. This is about you submitting to Allah and Allah not submitting to you Allah. So not to you the person who asked the question but this to our lives this is how we were taught. As soon as I put a condition that I, I, I want this to happen then it, it's putting a signal for them not to make it happen, to test me in patience. And as a result then I become very frustrated, why it's not happening, why it's not happening and then I'm chasing that experience or what I'm requesting. What they want us to understand is request nothing, expect nothing and do everything. And the great surprise of Allah's generosity when something happens, alhamdulillah that was a gift from Allah So when you see the vision of the shaykh and a dream of the shaykh and experience is very good Keep it to yourself, know that you are on the right path because the shaykhs are giving you confirmation, yes we see you, yes I'm around you, yes whatever you're doing is with us. So it's a confirmation but you don't have to share it with anyone, you don't have to say it to anyone, just keep firm on the path and continue with your practices inshaAllah. As Salaamu Alaikum Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam Rahmatullah. We've been noticing a lot of pigeons visiting our garden and sitting on top of our room on the roof where we do zikr. What is the reality of birds? Are they a protection and is there a reality behind feeding birds? Yeah, we, we see a, a lot of pigeons in the area where we do our practices and is there a reality of because we're seeing the birds or is there protection because we're seeing birds? Birds are, are something blessed. 
that they represent an angelic and, and a reality of awliya, that they re represent a, a creature in which the heart is so strong and so big and that they don't use their head and as a result of their strong heart they can fly. So one they're symbolic, they're symbolic of our path that we have to have a heart like a bird and a, and a head like a bird because the mind of the bird like a little pea. So they're not using their head and thinking, how am I going to fly? They use their heart that they don't even think about it, they have so much love for Allah that they fly. And they don't even think like, how is this even possible? How am I up so high that otherwise they would fall? So they would represent and symbolize an amazing faith and love and, and reliance that they rely upon the love of Allah Symbolically they represent piety and pious souls and when we see birds around it is a good symbol that there's a peaceful and pleasant energy and that the birds are gathering as a symbol of that energy. And at other specific times they represent the presence of awliyaullah. But again these are things not to worry about. But to be good if you have the birds and you want to feed them then alhamdulillah you put out some food for them as long as you're not uh, attracting rats and mice because other more nefarious creatures come to eat their food and that can cause a different problem around your house, inshaAllah. Good. InshaAllah Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzat Amma Yasifoon, Salaamun Al Mursaleen, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Bi Hurmati Muhammad Al Mustafa, Wa Bi Sir Surat Al Fatiha.